Welcome to the Chase Merrill Podcast, episode eight. And today, I have my friend Jordan Grace with me. What's Wh- up, guys? What's up, Jordan? Well, in Australia, we say "G'day, mate. How you going?" <laughs> G'day, mate. Oh, I still haven't gotten. <laughs> you probably better. haven't heard that for a minute, mate. It's been it's been a long time. Yo, man. So, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to uh, just the conversation. Thanks for taking time to be with mate. me today. It's an honor. Thank you for having me. I've been following along. You've been on great things and great conversations and great stories and people relate to great stories, you know? Yeah. I appreciate that, man. Well, part of why you're here today is because of the 52 project that I've been walking through and uh, 52 people who have made an impact on my mm. life. You're uh, one of those 52, bro. And uh, there's a lot of things that I could go into just from our stories. But um, the biggest one, I think, is the the fact that over so 2010... Right. So 13, mm-hmm. 13 years ago, uh, wow. we, we did a, a four month, uh, lap of Australia together, uh, tour, music tour. Wow. Event, and, uh, that's where we did we, a hundred concerts together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We spent a lot of time, real close proximity. Oh um, man, I have so many, I have, there's so many things about that, that I one day would love to just de- debrief with you. Uh, cause I re- I was like 19, maybe, maybe 18, 19. And do we, yeah, do you still have like a bunch of videos and photos from that time? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's all, oh, it's all, man. I, we just need to sit down, eat some good food and just, just watch a bunch of old photos. And it'd be so fun. Oh my gosh. You know, one of the things I thought about recently was, uh, how much, okay. So initially, like right when we got there, right when I got there, uh, and we were about to start this tour, we had a, like a week to kind of prep and pack and get everything going. And, uh, there was like, I just had such a, like, I, I was a selfish, I was selfish. <laughs> I was a scumbag. I'm thinking about like some of the like times where we had to like choose, you know, where we could sleep or not or whatever. And like, I remember looking back, like, I don't know why this came to my mind, but a few weeks ago or maybe a few months ago, I thought about that season and I was like, who I was as a young punk, prideful, you know, all these different kinds. These Australian guys must have been like, who is this dude think like just jumping on, you know, Skype to talk to his girlfriend for five hours a day? Like, what is this dude doing? But anyway, that was what an amazing experience. Uh, I'm sure it was life changing for all of us, I believe. Yeah, um, I felt like we were all at an age in our life where we we're trying to figure out who we were. And yeah, yeah, we still haven't figured out that perfectly, but you know what I mean? Like we're all at that pinnacle age where it's like, Hey, we're going to school. We're going, what job we're doing, what country we're going to live in. You know, it's, you know, it was such a, a, an important time in life. And I feel like we're all kind of, we're like a band of brothers. We kind of like encourage each other, pray with each other, cry with each other, whatever that four months looked like. It was kind of like boot camp. (laughs) It was sick. (laughs) It really was. It was, it was it was incredible. It changed my life forever. Uh, yeah. and I mean, that's, that's, again, that's part of why you're here in this conversation because of that season of my life, uh, and how you were involved with it, you and your family and, uh, some incredible other people, you know, Trenton Kruger, who, uh, I'd love to have as a part of this conversation as well in the future Absolutely. episodes. Um, Stephen Kent, uh, you know, just some amazing, amazing people. You mentioned Digby before we started recording, just some people that I'll never forget. Oh, man. But, um, man, so jumping in today, you know, part of this conversation is the why of this whole podcast is um, really to help people get freed up from what's holding them back so they can get built up into who they were made to be. And so we're going to talk about that today. But before we do, will you kind of just give us an intro into who who you are, a snapshot, which I know is really difficult to do in a span of like, uh, and what, where you're at, what are you, what are you doing, where you're at? um, So I currently live in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, 
absolutely love it here. I'm from Australia originally, um, grew up on the Sunshine Coast in Australia. Um, you know, my dad was, you know, still is, but uh, was a pretty well-known Christian country singer. He's done 30 years of, you know, evangelism and um, touring, you know, our great country and, and, you know, a lot of countries around the world and America. And that was kind of my childhood was kind of full-time ministry was, you know, that was the norm. You sure. Know, kind of, my dad always said, you're spoiled for the ordinary because, you know, rarely in school, always traveling, me playing in thousands, thousands of different places and, and, and a great childhood. Um, but, it, you know, it is interesting because you didn't have a normal life. So whenever you got comfortable or, you know, got to meet people, you, you know, you're always leaving somewhere, you're always going somewhere. And um, speaking of that travel, like that's you, you came to the States yeah, in uh, California, and a super random specific area, like uh, like Auburn, uh, Rockland, yeah, yeah. Roseville. So my my parents started a nonprofit, and um, legally they had to live um, in America for three years, and this is when I was like fourteen. Um, and so you know we had a lot of good friends in Roseville and Grass Valley and Nor- Northern California. So they're like, let's go do three years up there, and then you know that's how we got acquainted. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and, you'll, and you we'll, you may never not. You, I mean, you may not remember the moment like I do because you you know you you had a lot of people you met throughout those times you you, you lived here. But I was working at Chick Fil A, and mm. you guys you guys all these Australian dudes, oh, and I was like, my at, gosh. That, at that point in my life, like I was slowly starting to like. I mean, I mean, Hillsong and all that stuff. Like, I mean, the worship world of that was like Bro, impacting me. I forgot about that. Yeah, dude, you came in and I was working, and I just heard you guys' accents, and I was like, what? This is God. I'm going to talk to these dudes, and. uh oh. Yeah, crazy, crazy, right? So then Shane, your your one of your older brothers, he uh he about a year later, two years later, I was making some music and I needed a website to get made. And so I was looking all over the internet for somebody to make me a website. And I found wow. this media company called Grace Media something and then reached out and uh he got back to me and you know said this stuff and I, I connected the dots. I met you guys at Chick-fil-A. Wow, man. My yeah. pleasure. Yeah, my pleasure indeed, <laughs> dude. That's the that's the chicken that changes lives right there. Yeah, I Sorry, still... I, I got I had I just had to mention that because it was you. You were no, fourteen. Cool. I think I was fifteen or sixteen. Uh, yeah. but that was the moment. You guys spent a lot of time at Chick Fil A. So then, yeah, that after that three years, we were going back to Australia, and that's when you were like, "Hey, I'm going to come with." We did the four month tour. I was in the band with you know with Trent at the time, and we did that band for you know eight years or whatever. And, um, so we, you know, we came back and forth to America a lot and eventually we, you know, us as my brother, Shane my, and my best friend, Trent, we were like, we just have to go do a, a long season in America and just give this thing a shot. You know, Australia is a great country, but there isn't much opportunity for the arts. You know, if you're an actor or in music or something like that, you got to, you really got to go chase your dream. Um, it doesn't just, you know, in America, I call this place, the land of opportunity. You have so much opportunity here. In Australia, it's the land of lifestyle, and and if you ever want to live in the land of lifestyle, sometimes you got to go back to the land of opportunity and work your butt off. <laughs> yeah, right. And then you can go back to the land of lifestyle. But otherwise, you know, me personally, I got so comfortable in Australia and kind of lazy, and you kind of just have coffee every day, go to the beach, and it's like that sounds great. But if you've give if you've got desires and passions and dreams in your life, you can't just go to a place where everyone's telling you just to chill out. Yeah. Um, that's why I'm in Nashville. I'm surrounded by people that f- every day are you're challenging me to be better at my craft, better as a person. Um, you know, surround yourself with people who want to make, who just naturally make you better at what you do. Um, that's why I just love, love, love this, this town. It's, um, it's, it's, yeah, there's nowhere else like it, honestly. Yeah. 
So, yeah, we did California for eight years um, and then me and my wife did a season up in Montana um, working for a non-profit. That kind of ended kind of ugly. It was ended up to be a cult, um, kind of a pretty dark time in my life. But you know what? Um, I kind of feel like we were called to go up there to pull the Band-Aid off and yeah. it hadn't been pulled off for 27 years. This ministry had been running for so many years and hurt too many people and lost too much money. Um, so it was kind of like we went up there just for a year, but it was really just us like, King, hey, guys, this is this is evil, this is bad, and we had to pull the Band-Aid off and just kind of let it, you know, kind yeah. of the house of cards just fall. And um, can I, that can was I, tough. Can I ask you a little bit more about that? Just, sure, man, just go the, for it. the journey, like – you know, so like you, you know, you you mentioned having a, a, a upbringing in uh, music, ministry, evangelism. You know that world with your dad being a, a gospel, I mean, a Christian, yeah. like country gospel. Like there was like he, he really was. I remember when I got there in 2010, you know, like I didn't understand the scope of who, who he really was until I got there. And I was kind of like a people. Johnny Cash kind of like, you know, he'll sing in the bars, but he also goes sing in the church. And he's like, there's no walls that he won't sing. Yeah, in, you he, know, he was with, really whether a, it's a jail or. Yeah, he was really a pioneer, like, I mean, in, in a lot of ways, you know, and so like his. He, yeah. he had he had no problem going to a church of twelve or a, a, a stadium of you know two thousand whatever or not stadium. Yeah. But, I mean he was he played it in front of a lot of people. But I loved his, I loved that. But you got to be, so you were you were brought along for a lot of ministry, you know, and you probably mm. you probably got to see a lot of things, you know, good and bad. And seen a lot of miracles. I've seen a lot of yeah, a lot of good things that you know yeah. God has done. Um, this experience, you know, kind of flipped. A lot of, you know, people are like, oh, you must have like such an easy, perfect life. You grew up in a little, you know, great Christian family. And, um, man, I, my, my world got rocked up there because I've seen what evil people can do in God's name. And you're talking and about, still, just, you're talking about the Montana experience right now. Yeah. 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 Like so, and put, put a smile on their face and do just corrupt things and just gain, pocket the money buy more properties, you know, use it, you, you know, use donated money however they please um, and be very dishonest with people that are giving $250,000 a month to something yeah. willingly, you know, beautiful hearts doing that and then a ministry that's just, you know, completely, you know, misusing the money. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, that, that, that situation is still going on today. There's still legal battles. There's a lot of unpaid wages. And there was 300 people up there working for this you know, you know, this ministry. So it was, it was a lot to take in go like your world just kind of falling apart, just going, God, where are you in all this? Yeah. Like, uh, this is, I, yeah, I can't even, how did it, how did it affect your, like your view of just organized religion, if you will? I mean, instead the institution of ministry of the church. Definitely. You know, you go into a bit of a shell for a while and you, you kind of, go, it's just a natural you know, I, I, w- I would think that anyone would just naturally go into a depression. Yeah. Um, spiritually, you know, mentally, physically, whatever that looks like, I think everyone would deal with that differently. But for me, what really got me was a lot of people that I thought were like my people didn't believe me. Um, and that <sighs> that hurt like a lot. Um, people that, you know, have had my back since the beginning – and then you call them and tell them and, you know, and they're like, you need to leave the door. 
open and better than when you found it or when you walked in. And I'm like, you guys don't understand the situation. You got to believe. And, and that that was probably the big hardest thing for me is when people just don't believe your word yeah. on something on on a situation that is very very bad. Um, yeah. And that took a while because you know, um, p- Christian people can use a lot of Christianisms and kind of just say these things without thinking about, you know, you really should just hear this person's story and really feel the weight of it and really, you know, believe what they're saying um, and help them through it, not just say, you know, you're doing the wrong thing. Um, yeah, that's, that, a, that, that, that's hard. I, I know, I know that that sentiment you just described right there, just the like feeling of, listening, listening to somebody's story or experience in regards to like, just a specific example, church, church hurt or ministry, um, betrayal, you know, in those kind of ways, a a lot of people have experienced some, some level of that. And even people listening to this podcast either have, or know somebody who has, um, how do you like, can you hear, here's something I'd love for you to, to, to speak to how, like, when you think about how you wish people would have responded to you in those moments, mm. like, I mean, you kind of alluded to it, but like what, how could have it been, how could have someone responded better in that space that would have been helpful for you and helpful for you in, in that situation to, to move forward in like speak to that person, because I guarantee there's people listening that have had other people in their life that are like, I'm telling you, this is not healthy or toxic, or this is my experience. And they're, they're stuck with figuring yeah. out how to respond in a way that's like the best for everybody involved. I think as a society, we're so good at talking now and we're terrible at listening. Um, kindness is really rare. And you look at politics, you look at religion, you look at everything. Everyone's so good at speaking their opinion so quickly and so loud in the room trying to get their point across so that everyone hears it. And rarely people are just happy to, to listen to someone and go, wow, you've got a really interesting point of view. Would you mind hearing mine? And like just this beautiful mutual back and forth where maybe we'd actually learn something from each other instead of just, oh, you vote tr- Biden, I hate you. You vote Trump, I hate you. Whatever it is, there right. is so much division within people now that it's so sad because there's no back and forth and there's such a, in, in, in situations where you're going through something so dark, people are so quick to share their opinion and they just suck at listening. Yeah. It's so <laughs> and true. I think that, I think there's just an art of just, Hey, let's just slow down trying to be, you know, everyone trying to, it's like if everyone's trying to be the leader or everyone's trying to be the pastor or that, that person in their life, everyone's, so, it comes across so arrogant because everyone's just trying to bark their, you know, way of life or their, the way of thinking or their way of prophecy or their way of the Bible or the, whatever it is. It's just like everyone, let's just go back to kindness, man. Like that's, that's, that, that's, that would be my heart is just yeah. kindness rocks. Kindness yeah. is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, just slow down and, and listen to people because people's stories, you know, you'll learn from them. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, that's so good. You, you mentioned, uh, your wife, 
tell tell like share a little bit more like that journey like so you, how long you've been married and like your yeah. your world there because that was montana was that together or were you guys together yeah. then or so give us yeah, give yeah. us a little bit of that so yeah it's been eight years now uh we've got a little boy named jameson he's two and a half you've which been is a mir- have you been married eight years yeah no way yeah bro Whew. bro i've so. been i just celebrated 10 and i cannot believe for some reason like i can't believe I can't believe yeah. you've been married for eight years, bro. That's amazing. Yeah, that's crazy. Congratulations. And, okay, um, and then and then you just said you had, you have a you have a, a little boy. Yeah, James. So he um, which is cool. <laughs> like she, we were told we couldn't really have kids. Like she had like a th- three or four percent chance of ever having kids. Wow. So we just kind of always thought we would adopt. You know, wasn't really on our radar. And just before lockdown, you know, um, I remember I was in the shower and she like just chucked it in sit in the shower and I picked it up and it's like pregnant. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? You know, oh, so after awesome. six years of marriage of, you know, not really caring about protection or anything because you can't get pregnant anyway. So yeah. it was kind of one of those things where you like, you know, when your mind's set on just getting adoption, which, you know, I I'd still would love to do it. I, I yeah. think is it a great thing, but you know, there's something incredibly special about seeing my little Jameson and seeing him look pretty much exactly like me <laughs> yeah seeing him start dude, he, to play music and it's it's pretty epic bro he, he's he's a spitting image dude he's adorable yeah yeah so yeah um we've been you know definitely have had our highs and lows throughout this whole thing it's definitely tested our marriage immensely um you know she's been incredibly supportive she came to nashville because you know i said i think that's the right place to go i didn't really have a a, a any reason to go to Nashville, but I felt safe there. And I think there was people who were believers who I trusted and people that I knew would hear me out and it was a safe place to go. And I think in times of, you know, despair and in times of hardships, you know, you do just want to run to people that you feel safe with. And Nashville for me, that's that's been it. And it's been a great healing season. We're back into church. It's been been good. It's, it's taken a few years. It's not something that just, yeah. you know, Snap Over, your fingers overnight, and yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think people need to understand that too, because so many people are like, "Oh, what church are you locked into?" And then you kind of feel like shamed for not jumping straight back into like sure. the four. You know, it's like, well, why can't I have church right here with some friends? And you know, like, it, yeah. you know, just because it doesn't have some. But like, I do see the importance of church, but you know, people also need to understand it takes people time. Yeah, yeah. I it's think not that's, a quick. I think it's really important. Is this also? You mentioned even some people feeling like maybe ashamed or guilty or some sense of that, you know, which even Mm -hmm. I think at times can even create a a greater barrier or distance or hardness in people's hearts towards that or the people that are representing that because of that very, you know, pressure to, yeah, it's, it's tough. I think you're right. It just takes time and not everybody's time timetable or time frame is the same. Mm -hmm. So, so I, okay. Like you're, you're, I'm definitely going to make sure people know where to find like just Jordan Grace music stuff. We'll talk about that probably a little bit towards the end here, but uh, you have been in like the, for the most part, the Christian music world yeah. most of well, your life. Naturally, I grew up, you know, very much a part of Hillsong, very much part of the church. You know, dad did, you know, Billy Graham Crusades, Franklin Graham Crusades, Will Graham Crusades. Like that's been, yeah. yeah. And they're all organizations and people that I have, so much love for um people you know can say what they want but at the end of the day there's beautiful people in organizations that have beautiful hearts and have a real love for people and um you know i can't really speak poorly of you know the way things you know way 
that uh, people are doing things because at the end of the day, God's using them in some way. Yeah. And if their hearts are on him, then I can't really question it. Um, but what I did like about dad was he was, you know, he was a people's person. Um, he played, pe- played people's music. So we, we, we never were a part of just one church. We were part of the church. You know, your, your heart was for the masses yeah. and that might look different. It might be in a jail. It might be in a bar. It might be in a church. And so that was definitely my, my heart. And so it's interesting because we were doing Christian music. We're kind of, you know, when I'm talking about the band, me, Trent and Shane, we're coming to come over here and you kind of had to form yourself into a formula or a method to kind of fit in and or sound more like something that's popular. And that was kind of a pretty current thing is like this is the downside of probably most industries is you kind of got to form yourself to what's popular to trying to make your hobby a career. Sure. And that kind of killed us, honestly, yep. as, as, a, as a Christian band because we were so could play anywhere, could play music to anyone our method wasn't just one formula. It was to, it, it, it almost kind of, you know, we played to too many various types of demographics yeah. that they you didn't broke, like that. You broke kind of the mold in a lot of ways. Exactly. And so, but it also, it, you know, people didn't really want to back us. Labels didn't want to sign us. You know, so it was, it was really, really hard for eight years. We, you know, you know we lived in an eight, a 12 seater van for eight yeah. years and did eight laps of America. And I seriously, some of the best, you know, moments and memories um is with with shane and trent and the band just touring around the the country and seeing this great country falling more in love with this country um but eventually got over to nashville like after the montana season and just had no idea what to do tried to jump back into uh, christian music but it was weird like all of the doors just shut um everything i tried to do in that area just nothing was really happening and i just i was working at a golf course you know me absolute golf fanatic so i was like I'm yeah gonna work i just saw <laughs> i just saw i feel like this is news to me because i just saw I, I i we follow similar things on instagram and on the pga tour something on instagram recently and i saw you commented like your comment was the thing that popped up on the thing and i was like what what jordan grace likes golf why why is he invested into this right now and it made me think like hey, i need to hear a little bit more what do you <laughs> do you play now like what is that? Oh, i play i play all the time man. let's go and- dude um, yeah. And when I worked at the course, I'd play every day. So oh, I got, sure. you know, okay. decently good. Um, but, um, where was I? Oh, sorry. Okay. Christian music was doors were yeah, closing. Yeah. So just working at a, a golf course, eventually yeah. worked back in a cafe, got back into cooking. Um, and I got this random email, um, from this guy in Amsterdam saying, Hey, you got a really cool voice. Would you mind seeing on a DJ's EDM track? And I'm like, what's EDM? I had no idea what EDM was. Or, you know, I just didn't grow up in that world. And so I listened to it. I'm like, I'll give it a shot. And so I sang on it and, you know, the song went really well on this EDM label. And I was like, oh. And then I started getting hundreds of requests on my Instagram for, you know, young DJs wanting my song, uh, me to sing on their song. And I'm like, oh, I guess there's like a demand for this. There's like kind of a people want like songwriters to sing on dance beats. So this was kind of like new, new to me kind of out of, out of, out of nowhere. And, um, three years later, man, like it's, it's been, it's my full-time business now. Um, I can't keep up. It's, it's, it's insane how, um, I'm technically doing the same thing, you know? Um, I'm still writing songs about life, God. 
it's just a different music behind it. And I think this is what I've learned throughout is you can be super talented, have all this purpose, and you grow up in a certain way and you think that's your lane. And for me, Christian country music, that was my lane and I gave it my everything for 15 years. And as soon as I did the same lyrics, the same melodies, but just in a different lane with a different music, it's like like can't keep up. And yeah. so I was like, whoa. Sometimes we are just telling God that we need to make it work in this lane like, mm. and just pushing it, pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And like we're almost telling him what to do. And then he brings along this new opportunity. I'm like, how about you just try it over here where I can actually use you? Because there's no demand for you over here. There's no need for you over here. There's lots of great Christian music. And so he puts me in this lane. And, bro, it's like, you know, look at my schedule. It's like I'm booked for four months. I'm just singing songs for DJs all over the world. And it's like I still get to sing the same thing. They don't care what I sing about. They just want an awesome catchy hook and they play it at festivals all over the world. I go to Vegas and sing and where I've got to, you know, the conversations I've got to have with, you know, big famous DJs who are now my friends. It's like I could never in a million years ever think that this would be what Jordan Grace would be doing um, or say that music is my career. So honestly, man, it's that's what I've learned out of this whole season is sometimes we are just so stuck in just telling God what's our lane and hey you could do the same thing just somewhere else where you're actually really really needed and dude your whole world will change yeah that's in, like I think about the place that you're 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 presently at the opportunities that you have to impact the people that you're around that you would have never been able to be around had you stayed in that lane that you thought you needed to stay in mm-hmm. and I, I think that's that's so huge because there's a lot of people that do, they feel, maybe they feel boxed into a lane. Maybe they feel like they're, there's just a lot of things I think that hold, this would be kind of the question that I would frame the why of the podcast, you know, back, but specifically to you, like what, what, uh, you know, helping free people up from what's holding them back to be who they were made to be. I think a lot of people are held back by the lane they think they have to stay in, but, but there may be a different lane that God really has made for them specifically and uniquely to, to go in. And that could be more when you think about your life, what, what has been some of the the greatest hindrances or things that have held you back from, from being who, who you were made to be and maybe moving into something even in this new season? Cause you're obviously Jordan Grace, EDM hook singer, isn't who you are. Mm. Right. But, but yeah. like, it's just, so, so maybe speak to that just for a moment. I think, you know, you know, you're a dad. First, foremost, you want to be the best dad you possibly can. And obviously a yeah. great husband. Um, but when kids come into the picture, I think everyone's world changes. I know for me it did. And it, it's funny because like, I used to have like a struggle in like doing this amount of songs. And then when James came around, it was like I go into every session and every writing thing now and I'm like I have to deliver because my kid needs to eat. And so right. like your different, whole world is different. just like, <laughs> yeah. I am, I, I, I don't care if I'm tired. I don't, you, you just, you just, you're so, honestly, I feel like a lot of my music success has, has come from James coming into my life because cool. there's no plan B. I have to deliver. I have to do this. And honestly, it's kind of the kick in the butt that I needed. Um, what I used to take a week doing, I can do in two hours because it's just, you, 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 you know, you, you get into a rhythm, you get into a routine and you want to give that kid the best life as possible. So 
I think he changed my life um, greatly. But who I am, you know what? Um, I always felt like from a young age, you know, songs were just three-minute stories of my life. And I just love sharing those three-minute stories with as many people as possible. And if those little three-minute stories can point someone closer to God, wherever they are in the world, whatever season of life they're in, that's I raise my hand to that every time. And I feel like that's always been my desire is just I don't really care if I'm singing. And in a, lot of, a lot of what I do now is, um, you know, I write for other people. And I love that. I get, th- I, get, I get three minutes for someone to share their story. And, it's, you know, every song that I've ever released or do sing, I could tell you which part of season of life that is. It's very personal to me. Sure. And um, I get to share the highs and lows with, you know, those people. And so I think, um, of course – love praying for people, leading people to Christ. But I feel like songs are just those little nuggets where people just can, if you can make someone think after a song about the afterlife or eternity or just something about their purpose, it's like that's that that feels super good in my soul that I was a part of helping them think about the bigger picture because we are so conditioned just to think so small, so present, just – this, whatever's on this, you know, we just, our life is so consumed now that we kind of miss thinking about the biggest stuff. Um, yeah, I feel like that's a huge part of what I love doing is just trying to write songs that open people's minds to God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like um, you're, do you feel like you're more, when you think about the confidence that you've experienced in your life? Or the insecurity in that spectrum. So like insecurity to confidence. I think letting go of what people think is a huge part. Like, you know, especially, you know, in the church world, people are, you know, pretty, can be really harsh and pretty good at telling you how you should live your life. And, you know, I've had a lot of hate for what I do. I sing in the secular world. I've had a lot of Christian people reach out to me through mean Instagram DMs saying I've sold myself to the devil and, you know, I've, I've had pretty harsh stuff and it's like, wow, they have no idea who I am or yeah, um, the conversations I'm having with people that also really need the Lord. Um, so it's, you know, I think letting go of you're never going to please everyone. Yep. Everyone's going to have a different methodology or you know, a different way of looking at a verse and you're never going to please everyone until we get home into heaven. We're never going to have it fully figured out. So we just need to have grace for people. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, there is freedom and just having grace for people that, you know what, they're not going to understand. And that's totally cool. Um, I'm going to wake up, make my boy breakfast, get in the studio, make some, the best songs I can. Yeah. And go to the park and play with my kid. You know, like, I just feel like there is, if you're so consumed about what everyone else is thinking about you, you know, maybe get off social media for like, you know, like I, I, I have to do it because of my music, but I can't stand the stuff. Honestly, I just, yeah. you know, I've fallen as the older I get, the more I've fallen in love with just actual community, just the people that are on my street. I'm like, I would rather go hang out and, you know, push the kids on the swings and, and then be consumed about how many likes I got on my Instagram. You know, yeah. it's like, <laughs> yeah, totally. That that com- I think that's beautiful. By the way, I just think that so many people, <laughs> yeah. I hope I hope that that they really listen to that and and take that to heart. 
that you mentioned that just some of the the pushback that you've gotten even from some of the Christian community or the Christian music community to where you're at and what you're doing. You know, and some some of those people obviously like they're they are making judgments based on something that they don't understand or know or they don't really know mm-hmm. who you are or where you're at. Um that sentiment about like you know, oh, you're, you're, you've sold your soul to the devil kind of thing, right? You, you hear that a lot. You hear, you hear or see that in, in not a lot, but in several people's journeys that maybe have crossed the bridges between, you know, Christian and secular in those kind of spaces. Uh, how, how have you, or are you staying true to the things that really matter to your faith, mm. to those kind of things, uh, when it comes to, Obviously, that industry, the music industry, the film industry, my brother, I had a conversation with him a few episodes ago in a similar way with, you know, he's in L.A. doing doing film and acting and, and all of that. And there's a similar kind of, oh, you, you know, you're, you're, you're doing different kind of content and creating different things now that maybe aren't as quote unquote Christian as you used to. So you've just mm. sold your soul to the devil. And he's always had a challenge with that, too. But how, how do you stay true and healthy um, so that your heart remains in in Jesus's hands, if you will, through this journey. Because uh, I think that's important for for even younger musicians or actors or artists to think about looking at you and your success and going, okay, he can do it, I can do yeah. it. But but how do they stay healthy? I think the importance of small group community, um, people that you can con- confide with on the daily. Um, and then people aren't scared to tell you to wake up, yeah, or snap out of it, or don't be stupid. Um, so you still have people in your life that you give 100%. you give ear and to honestly, that. I'll be I, I do therapy every week. Yeah, I think it's it's awesome. I, anyone who tells me you can't don't need therapy, you probably need therapy. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Because if you ever get to a point in your life and think you have it all together. You are dead wrong. Like, you know, life is a journey and you're never going to get to the end of it until you're in heaven. And I just feel like the the quicker you can find people, you really can cry on their shoulder and tell them your your the deepest, darkest secrets and actually, you know, really be vulnerable with people. Um, you know, we are so good at hiding who we, you know, this, this, this society, we are so good at hiding and, you know, it's just causing so many problems. No one, no one feels okay to, to share things that they've done or do yeah. um, because they're so fearful of the response and the shame and the guilt. And I think, you know, whether it's, you know, it could be from the church, it could be from their family, it could be from religion, it could be from so many things where they feel that. But I think the importance of finding people that you can just let loose and be yourself and, and talk through things. And as I said, kindness is king, man. Just finding people that will, you know, talk through those things with you and in a graceful and kind spirit and not make you feel like the scum of the earth. And yeah. um, too many people feel like the scum of the earth these days. And I think that, yeah, I think small group community, man, that's that's the king. Um, and obviously – yeah, get into your Bible. Um, that's there's never um, a bad time to do that. Yeah, it's so true, dude. That's that's it. I think that that is a, a beautiful, beautiful response. And I think when I, uh, I hope what people 
uh, take away from that is, is your authenticity. I mean, and that's kind of, then I think about you. So kind of wrapping up the conversation today, I, I want to just speak life over you in the way that the way I've watched you from a young age, you know, cause so, so how old are you right now? I'm 30. Okay. I it's like, you're only a year behind me, I think. And, 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 uh, I, watching you from 15, 16 years ago, um, pursue the things that man, you, I really believe God placed in your heart. Like you just, you mm. just did not, you didn't let your family, uh, the history positive or negative, like, you know, just, or the expectation of, well, my dad's a, a musician and an artist or a minister. So I'm going to do that to your, the country that you lived in, you, you know, to the culture that you were surrounded into, uh, I mean, you just, you ran, you, you ran after it, bro. You ran mm. after those things and you haven't given up and you've got a lot of difficult things come your way over the years, uh, that I've just watched you from up close in some seasons, but afar from most of them and just watched the authenticity, the humility yeah. that you have remained yourself. And that piece of like Jordan being fully him is yeah. a huge gift to, to the world. And, uh, and man, I, I'm just so thankful for that. I'm thankful that you you are, you're leading more people than you realize because of the, the way you authentically living your life and uh, representing something that a lot of people wish that they could have a taste of in their life. And, uh, and so thank you for, thank you for not giving up on the dreams. Thank you for mm. continuing to push through even when those no's came or those doors felt like they stayed closed. Um, because I don't even think you've scratched the surface yet, bro. I, I know you haven't scratched the surface yet for what the Lord and that's not to take away anything that you're doing or have done. Like you've, no. you're right. You've done some amazing things. Like I, I, people, the, the gifting, like just to be very clear, the gifting that God has given you is, is, uh, unbelievable. And when I think about the season that I got to spend with you, uh, in Trent, especially in your family uh, tour in Australia, it, I didn't every night you guys, we played the same songs. I would open with a song, you know? <laughs> Dude. Your Taylor, your Taylor Swift, song. Taylor Swift song. bro. I'll never forget the moment. Speaking yeah. of your your dad and playing, he would play in you know chapels or pubs or whatever. I'll never forget we were we had a couple days of like some some vacation days or whatever we call holiday days or whatever at like a little trailer trailer resort thing. And there was a a pub there or like a bar there. And your dad's like, hey, you guys want to go play some music tonight? And uh, you know, he's like, Chase, you want to do a song? And I was like, I mean, I've got like a love song like to Taylor Swift that I wrote. So if you want me to play that, and he's like, perfect. I'll never forget that. Um, but bro, to like all these beer drinking yeah. guys. At the back. <laughs> <laughs> like who the heck is this kid? Um, man, you, you just, the gifting, the skill set. but Oh, I never got tired of listening to, to you and Trent play guitar and sing and share your story. And, um, and the fact that that's happening still, you're continuing mm. to share your story in songs and helping other people share their story in songs is beautiful, bro. And uh, like, I, like I said, I think it's just just beginning what the Lord has in store for you and your future and family. So, uh, thank you, man. I, well, if there's anything uh, you know, I want to wrap up on is you know whatever your pains and your highs and lows in life, they can all be used um, in this next season of your life. And there's people that you will encounter every day that need to hear the realness of it. Yeah. Um, I always say, be real and be kind. Like there's people need that more and more in their life. It's just people that would just be real and kind with people, 
not cocky, not overconfident, not opinionated, all these things that we can naturally just find ourselves becoming because of all of this stuff that's around us or what we're consumed by. But be real, be kind, guys. Yeah, it's so good. And Bro, love on it, people. <laughs> amen. If people want to, if people want to follow you and like discover part of your music, and I mean, what can you, I'll put all the stuff in like the show notes, but like just what just my what Spotify, some, you know, um, obviously I'm on Instagram, but my yeah, my Spotify is my main source of and just know. Jordan Grace. Will they find yeah. they find your stuff there? Yep. Okay. So, yeah, dude. Well, it's been an honor, and yeah, yeah. thank you for being a part of my life and being a part of my story. And um, yeah, I appreciate you, mate. Love yeah, man. You a lot. Thanks for thanks for joining me today. With that, I'll see you next time.